passion, empathy, determination, and a deep commitment to humanizing healthcare are only a few of many ways to describe our next guest and his far-reaching impact of resolving health disparities with technology. Jamie Edwards, the CEO of Cloudbreak Health, joins us on today's episode to discuss his entrepreneurial journey of founding his company that is now positioned as a national-leading unified telemedicine platform that currently performs over 100,000 encounters per month in over 1,500 healthcare venues across the country. Additionally, Jamie shares with us how his recent billion-plus-dollar merger to create UpHealth came to be even after years in the making. UpHealth is focused on empowering providers, health systems, and payers globally to manage care for people with complex medical, behavioral, and social needs while dramatically improving access to primary care. Join us as we spend time with one of the leading members of the global army of healthcare transformers from Startup Health and to hear his rally cry to all of us as we continue to work together to positively reimagine the health of our communities around the world. Welcome to Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli, where we highlight and speak with the innovators, the game changers, and the pioneers who are deeply passionate and relentless in solving the problems our world is facing today. This is your opportunity to connect with and learn from these leaders and to support them on their mission. Perhaps they will soon be hearing your story as well. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. I look forward to having you on this journey with us. Jamie, welcome to the podcast, my friend. Thank you, Mike. Happy to be here. Well, this podcast interview has been a long time coming, and I'm thrilled for our community to get to know you more deeply and to experience your passion and mission to fix the American healthcare system. Also, there's some big recent news from your camp that I'm looking forward to discussing as well. But before we dive into your inspiring work, Jamie, a bit of housekeeping. While listening to any of our episodes, please make sure to join our free online community at passionatepioneers.com in order to share feedback and ideas and interact with the global ecosystem. Lastly, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast so you will automatically receive episode updates in your podcast player. Simply search Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. All right, Jamie, it's almost time for our community to learn how Cloudbreak Health reduces the barriers to care by deploying powerful technology to address the disparities of language access and distance. But first, I'm going to randomly select a question so we can get to know you. Ooh, we're going to talk food, Jamie. What's your favorite meal and why? I am so happy that's the random question. You know, I'm a pretty basic guy when it comes down to my food. I grew up in Buffalo, New York. And so my favorite meal, which I will go to over and over again, is pizza and wings. You know, growing up in Buffalo, it was a staple of my diet. I have uh, buffalo sauce and ranch dressing on everything. And even that, you know, an authentic Buffalonian would say that would take ombridge to ranch dressing and say it has to be blue cheese, but it's definitely my go-to comfort food. So do you like it spicy? I mean, buffalo chicken wings, are you teriyaki? What's the sauce? Oh, no, I'm pure buffalo all the way, you know, put, take that spicy hot drumstick, drop it in some, you know, some dressing and eat away. But, you know, it's actually kind of funny. Whenever I go home to Buffalo, Mike, I will go and actually do like a food tour. So I will go and get my wings from either Duff's or the Anchor Bar, and then I'll go get my beef on wick sandwich from Anderson's. I just have so many fond memories of growing up there. And I have some, you know, Buffalo is a food town, so the food there is amazing. And is there such thing as a boneless chicken wing? I think we need to solve that right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, technically, no. It, it's a chicken right? finger, right? It's a chicken finger. It's not a wing. 
Yeah, I think you nailed it, Jamie. I think it is a chicken finger, definitely not a wing. So I'm glad we cleared that up. I mean, heck, we can end the podcast now. That's the most important part of it all. Hashtag Mike, not a wing. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Well, Jamie, thanks for sharing that. I agree. Some good pizzas, some good wings. There's nothing wrong with that at all. We have that here also in Colorado, and we typically wash it down with a good Colorado craft beer as well. As you know, have some really good beer here in the Mile High. Well, I'm looking forward to discussing your current work at Cloud Break Health and the recent big news from your camp after we get back from thanking our community champion sponsor. As the scope and complexity of revenue cycle management grows, especially during these unprecedented times, Ensemble is leading the industry in revenue cycle management performance, ensuring their partners rank among the top performing health systems in the country. On average, Ensemble is improving their clients' cash collections by 4 to 6%, lowering unbilled days to less than 3 and their clients' first-pass denial rate is now 4.5%, better than Healthcare Financial Management Association's industry best practice. Ensemble's work in lifting revenue cycle performance helps providers buy new, durable medical equipment, hire more physicians, and expand their facilities. Ensemble is proud to be helping the flagships of American healthcare to better support the communities they serve. And speaking of community, we are incredibly grateful for Ensemble's support and community champion sponsorship of Passionate Pioneers. To learn more about Ensemble and the passionate mission they are on, head over to EnsembleHP.com or visit the episode notes and click on their link. All right, we are back with Jamie from Cloudbreak Health, and we have a lot to discuss, not only with the current state of work happening at Cloudbreak Health, but also some recent big news from Jamie's camp. Jamie, before we dive into all of that, can you take us on that journey? You know, you've been at it for quite some time. I know there's twists and turns along the way, but can you share with our community how Cloudbreak Health even began, the journey thereof, and then we'll start talking about some of that big news and look future state as well. Yeah. So when you take a look at, you know, my entrepreneurial journey, which ended up with Cloudbreak, you know, I started off, Mike, as an investment banking and private equity professional. And I did that because when I was in college, I took a entrepreneurship class with a professor at Cornell. His name was Professor David Ben Daniel. And he was the guy who introduced me to the concept of being able to take an idea in my head, make it real, and then have it impact people at scale. And I became enamored of that. Like the second I wrote my first business plan, I was hooked. And the power to say, wow, I, you know, there's so many people out there, Mike, who have said, oh, I thought of that five years ago. I should have done something about that. You know, I didn't want to be that person. But what I realized in that class is that, and I, by the way, I grew up in the time of Enron. I never wanted a CFO or the finance guys to be able to pull the wool over my eyes as CEO. And, you know, I studied organizational behavior. My side was really focused on more of the softer skills of business, studying those and social psychology and organizational development than I was on the analytical side. And so I realized I had a gap. So I went out to fill that gap. And for 10 years, I did investment banking and private equity work. And then while I was doing that work, I started doing some consulting for a guy who's my uncle. I come from a family of physicians. My aunts and uncles on both sides are doctors. My sister's a doctor. My brother-in-law is a doctor. And I started doing some consulting for a guy who was my favorite uncle, Dr. Irv Edwards out in California when I was back on the East Coast. And, you know, taught him about revenue, EBITDA and cash flow. And he taught me about medicine. And it was a very symbiotic relationship and eventually helped move his company out of the home office to a real office. 
and then left investment banking to go actually become the CEO of that company it was a small ER group out in Southern California. And then after that to really help it grow and scale the business. And you know, we ended up growing that company from 12 million of revenue to north of 150 million of revenue in an eight or nine year time period. And then things got even more interesting because my chief medical officer of that business introduced me to a company that he sat on the board of. And he sat on the board of a company called the Language Access Network. And the Language Access Network was founded by Andy Panos back in 2003. And his mission was to bring language interpreters to the point of care over telemedicine. He had had a family experience where he was in Mexico. His family was in a car accident and no one spoke the language and problems ensued. You know, they realized that communication was the number one diagnostic tool that a physician has or a clinical team has and the number one empowerment tool a patient has. You know, imagine what happens when we can't communicate. You know, hospitals are scary enough when you can speak English and it's hard enough to understand the language, but when you can't, it's absolutely terrifying. So he was the first guy to really create the video medical interpreting market here in the United States. The first guy to beam a language interpreter over telemedicine to the point of care. Worked on his business for five years. It was a distressed company. It was going out of business. He was raising money. And, you know, as for my assistance, because of my investment banking background, I became enamored with the story. I realized that Andy had a tremendous vision. And I stepped in to, you know, we spun the business out of what was a public entity, traded on the pink sheets at that point in time. And I took on the CEO role and partnered with Andy to grow the company. And over the next six years, I ran EMA and Language Access Network side by side, you know, grew EMA, as I'd mentioned before. And then we grew Language Access Network from a company that was doing 30,000 of revenue a month to one that was doing 12 million of revenue. And one that was in 10 healthcare systems to one that was now in 300. And that was the 2015 timeframe. We did a series A financing round with a private equity partner, Kane Partners, just the emerging growth equity arm of Kane Anderson here on the West Coast. And I left EMA, which was the ER business that I was managing to go run Language Access Network full time at that point. And we changed the name because the market was changing. We realized that we, what we had really built was a telemedicine platform that beamed the resource that was needed at the point of care in a timely fashion. So we renamed the company Cloudbreak Health and proceeded to grow Cloudbreak from there. And over the next few years on that capital, we tripled the business. And today we're celebrating our mission to humanize healthcare, which for us is being you know, very provider-centric. Everyone talks about being patient-centric these days. But our thesis on healthcare is that if we can make providers' lives easier and restore the joy of calling back to medicine for these very important frontline healthcare workers and reduce you know, physician burnout, that they'll take better care of patients as a result. You know, the number one symptom, Mike, of physician burnout is that you treat a patient as an object instead of a person. And our mission at Cloudbreak is to help patients tell their stories in their own language so that they can be seen as more than a data point and as more than a statistic, but as someone who is worth saving, worth treating, and worth getting to know, thereby vesting the physician in their care. And, you know, there's a lot of anxiety on the front lines when Doctors can't understand the patient, can't speak to them. Someone comes into the emergency department clutching their chest. Is that an indigestion workup or is that a heart attack workup? The only way that you get to that is through communication. If you look at HCAP scores or a physician chart, 90% of how a physician diagnoses a patient is understanding the history of present illness, getting to know the patient, you know, like you're getting to know me now by me talking and you asking me appropriate questions. That same modality and same methodology 
is what works in clinical medicine today. And so today we're celebrating being in, you know, 1800 plus healthcare systems across the country or 1800 hospitals. You know, we have over 14,000 video in points in the field, which makes us one of the largest install base in the countries. And we are also excited to, you know, do more than 100,000 plus encounters a month on the platform. I believe last month we did 120,000 plus encounters and over a million and a half minutes of consultation over the solution. And I think the great thing about it is nothing gets me more excited in the morning than walking into our language centers or listening to what's happening on the system and hearing all the languages being spoken. And now we've decided that we could leverage that same infrastructure into other use cases. And so we are now doing things like telestroke and telepsychiatry. And during COVID-19, we launched telequarantine, which was a solution to protect frontline healthcare workers, reduce PPE, and really lower the risk of contagion. So we're excited about the path we've taken. So exciting. And thank you for sharing that journey. Jamie, let me ask a couple questions there. I have a lot, but what was the provider, what was the patient doing before cloud break, right? Like obviously, you know, you and I were passionate about reimagining healthcare. We love disruption. We love innovation. But what was the status quo before? What did you guys blow up? What was happening before cloud break really made its mark on the industry? Yeah, well, look, as language interpretation in healthcare has evolved, it's gone through many stages. One was hiring that full-time FTE interpreter at the hospital. And a lot of hospitals still have their own full-time interpreter teams to address this need. It is a need that is regulatorily mandated. The Office of Minority Health, Joint Commission, Center for Medicaid and Medicare Services all have regulations driving the use of language interpretation services. So it's been a need that they've had to fill for a long time. So it started off with that full-time you know, employee, then it went to agency interpreters where you could bring in people from the outside. Those people usually charged a two-hour minimum. It was, you had to wait for the person to get on site. So it wasn't as efficient, but it certainly helped fill a need. And then audio interpreting came along. It was at the point of care. You pick up a phone. There are sometimes dual handset phones. Doctor holds one end, patient holds the other. Patient speaks in the middle, interpreter does the interpretation, and then doctor understands and speaks back. But 70% of communication is nonverbal. And so video arrives and video really sits the crux. If you had a Venn diagram of cost, quality, and efficiency, video would be it because you push a button on our device. Within 30 seconds, you get the interpreter. It feels like, you know, over telepresence, feels like the interpreter's in the room with you and you don't have to wait for the interpreter to arrive on site, et cetera. And the quality of the interpreters we have on the network is, you know, certified medical interpreters or qualified medical interpreters with a ton of training, amazing expertise, and their job is really to help those patients get the care that they need. And you know what we've seen in the interpreter market is that as you add a new modality, while it cannibalizes some of the existing modalities that are out there, what it really does is increase access to care and increase the pie. And so what we're seeing is in an area where hospitals typically weren't compliant, which is bringing this interpreter to the point of care for every single patient that needed it, or they were using non-compliant methodologies like a family member or bringing, you know, one of the care team members over who spoke another language but wasn't qualified as a medical interpreter, video really helped solve that problem in a big way and personalize it and humanize it in a way that, you know, over the phone couldn't. So it's not to say that there's not a, you know, a need for each one of those modalities, but we've just seen that video is right for the large majority of ones that are out there. You want to be sensitive still in the industry to you know, end of life discussions. You want to be sensitive to not just the language, but the cultural competency of the experience in the health system. 
And so we help our health systems really go and solve a lot of those issues and challenges that they face in a population that they typically have some issues treating. We help level the playing field and level that standard of care. Wow. Thanks for sharing that, Jamie. And I know how personally you take your work. I'm very fortunate to call you a friend, somebody I very, very much look up to and admire and what you're doing for our industry. And so, as I mentioned, I know how serious and how personal you take this. And like you said earlier, there's thousands and thousands of sessions and data points of how your company is operating at scale. But what's one or two of those specific instances that has stayed with you since, you know, those instances happened, like a patient story, a provider story? What are one or two of those instances that really has hit home for you? Yeah, you know, God, I mean, the list of those stories is really long, Mike, but I would tell you that there was one that happened recently that really crystallized for me, you know, the representation of our mission to humanize healthcare. So we had a client at an East Coast, major East Coast academic medical center, and the mom was Spanish and giving birth and she was COVID positive. And so what ended up happening is, you know, she gives birth to the baby. And the first thing they do is pull the baby away from mom because they're worried about the baby getting, you know, infected by COVID and the baby goes to the NICU. The mom is distraught. She's unable to speak to, you know, their new child and have that initial bonding time. It's so critically important. And the baby needs the care and attention of the ICU because the baby was a little bit premature but the mom couldn't go to the ICU to visit the patient because she was in COVID isolation. So what ended up happening is, oh, you know, after a few days, they realized that our platform was there. They took one of our MARTI devices, and MARTI stands for My Accessible Real-Time Trusted Interpreter, and brought it to the ICU. And then they took another MARTI device and they rolled it into the woman's room. And this was when we had launched our telequarantine solution into market, which basically turned any one of our Marty devices into a connected care device where they could roll it into the room. It was easily sanitizable and they could leave it in the rooms and assign it to that room so that then you could have telepresence in a room that previously didn't have any type of telepresence device. So using our two devices, they beamed the mom into the NICU. They took one of our iPad pros, they put it on top of the incubator and the mom was able to see her baby, speak to her baby. The baby started responding you know, to the mom's voice. And then the mom was able to understand what was happening with her child. And so we saw not only the fact that she was able to, via our solution, meet her baby for really the first time, but two, because we were able to then integrate a language interpreter and family members directly into that call in a multi-specialty, multi-party call, she was able to finally understand what was happening. And you know, that to us was, you know, one of the kind of just ultimate use cases for what we've developed and just a great, great way to showcase the power of the CloudBreak platform and what it could mean for humanizing healthcare. Wow. That is so inspiring and incredibly special to hear. It is interesting times. That is for sure with COVID-19 and bravo to you, the team, and of course, the care providers there at that facility to help that mother bond with her new baby amidst a pandemic. Let's actually talk about that for a moment, Jamie. How has the pandemic impacted CloudBreak, positive, negative, or otherwise? How has it been operating inside this global public health crisis for your organization and the customers you serve? You know, the pandemic has obviously led to a lot of tragedy for a lot of people. And my heart's go out to those families who might not have had someone sit next to them at the Thanksgiving table that they normally do. And that image is so powerful for me. 
because you're sitting there imagining what that, you know, must be like and realize that there's no words to describe it. So what COVID did do though, from a silver lining standpoint, is it accelerated the digital transformation of healthcare in our country. And it showed people that it was possible to use technology in a way that actually connected us as opposed to intermediated our relationships. I think a lot of people look at, you know, the EMR industry and say, well, you know, that was a technology that was sophisticated, difficult to use. And instead of the doctor spending time looking at me, you know, I, he's typing into the EMR and I don't feel connected with my physician anymore. So our goal as a company has always been to build those connection points. And I think COVID helped us really do that, you know, from a business standpoint, because we do so much hospital-based telemedicine, we actually saw an initial decline in usage on the platform. And I'd like to always say, you know, from an entrepreneurial standpoint that success is a hockey stick, but it's not in terms of, you know, usage, you know, there's trials and tribulations along the way. And so we as a company during COVID suffered like a lot of other companies did, even though we're an essential service providing a mission critical platform to hospitals, when no one was going to hospitals and elective surgeries were canceled, we saw our volumes go down. So we used that opportunity to innovate. And one of those big innovations was in about a three week period, we launched telequarantine into market. We were first to market to offer a telequarantine solution for free to hospitals. And we did that one, cause it was the right thing to do. But two, we developed the solution in collaboration with some of our health systems and felt like they should really benefit from the investment of time and effort and that partnership that they showed us. And so we had 27 plus health systems across the country adopted and onboard hundreds and hundreds of physicians to the platform. And we, on day one, immediately saw the power of how it could be used. And in fact, MLK Hospital here in Los Angeles used the platform 5,000 times in a month and used it to help reduce the use of PPE, which was a scarce asset at that point in time. It still is today. And to really protect these frontline healthcare workers from infection, you know, the more of these workers that get infected via COVID, the, the fewer people there are to actually take care of the people in ICUs, et cetera, et cetera. So from our standpoint, that was a critical part of the mission was to make sure that our healthcare workers come to work every day and feel safe in that practice environment. And so being able to deliver on that and really, I would say, accelerate our product roadmap at Cloudbreak was one of the things that COVID really did. And I think the other thing it did is really galvanize us as a team to lock arms even more so than they, we were before to kind of do what is right for our partners and our clients and the patients that they serve. It made all of the stories more real and more tangible. You know, we've had members of our team who've been infected by COVID. And so things got very real very, very quickly. And it was hard not to relate to everybody that has been, you know, impacted by, you know, what is a global tragedy? You know, what I love about entrepreneurs, there's a lot of things that I love about entrepreneurs, but one of them, especially right now, is we're, you know, still in the midst of this pandemic, is amidst, you know, great chaos and tragedy and where things are being completely upended. It's amazing to watch entrepreneurs just like yourself see opportunity to innovate and be dedicated to it and imagine a new. Bravo to you and the entire team for taking that opportunity to think of, okay, what's next? How do we solve for today? How do we innovate our way out of this crisis? So bravo to you and the team, and thank you for sharing that. And let's also now turn to the big news. This is a recent big breaking story. As we all know, the business side of healthcare, we're seeing a lot of mergers across the industry at record pace right now. And you are definitely now part of that camp and helping lead the charge there with some incredibly exciting news between you and UpHealth. You want to discuss a little bit what's happening there, share with our community 
the big news from your camp with UpHealth? Well, you know, absolutely. We're real excited to do this and, and to share the news. And you're one of the first places that we're doing this and having a conversation about it. So excited to have this conversation with you, Mike. But the one thing that I would say just pre that is, right, shame on us if we don't seize this opportunity to continue to push healthcare forward that COVID has presented. You know, shame on us to not take this time and take this chance to really push forward all of the digital transformation that was happening. And our deal, this UpHealth deal that we're about to talk about, is really CloudBreak stepping up to take advantage of that opportunity and say, you know what, we're going to try and be a tool and a toolkit to really be healthcare's digital front door. And how do we do that? And how do we increase our impact at scale and keep this digital transformation moving forward that was started pre-COVID, but the COVID really accelerated. So yeah, really pleased to announce that we're, you know, CloudBreak is merging with UpHealth, which is merging with a SPAC called Kid Capital 2 to form what is really going to be one of the only publicly traded, profitable global digital healthcare companies, you know, out in the market. And digital health is obviously an area that takes a lot of investment, but we have a number of companies teaming up who are industry leaders in their own right to create what is a digital health super company to continue to deliver on this mission to really fix what is a broken healthcare system and do it not only in the United States, but globally. So really excited about what that means for CloudBreak and the opportunity to you know, continue to deliver on our mission and increase our impact. And in the breaking news, the enterprise valuation of what you just discussed was publicly released at $1.35 billion. So huge news on the business front, but I agree. I want to go back to some comments you made as you were teeing this big breaking news up is that, yes, shame on us if we don't take this opportunity to as you said even earlier in the podcast, to humanize healthcare. While this is a big business deal for the industry, what does this mean for the patient? What it means is better access to care and reduced healthcare disparities. You know, the opportunity to combine our current hospital base with the products and services and networks of the companies that we are joining means that, you know, language interpreters will be at the point of care even more broadly that more use cases will be added to the CloudBreak platform, that CloudBreak will be supporting other businesses as well, from digital pharmacy to behavioral health to integrated care management and population health. And doing that, again, not just here in the United States, but doing it globally. One of the companies that we're going to be collaborating with is an Indian-based telemedicine company, Sequoia Funded, that is doing some incredible work with a digital dispensary model in underserved areas where they're actually providing primary care in emerging markets in Africa and India for four or $5 a visit, including meds. And so you think about how that can democratize healthcare, not just in those markets, but you know, what applications that might have here in the United States, but you know, possibly having to do that at a different price point, you know, that model is incredibly effective. And so we're looking forward to the partnerships that are going to come out of this deal from our standpoint and delivering what is a more broad suite of services to our existing 1,800 plus hospitals across the nation. Well, thank you for that update as well, Jamie. And of course, we cannot lose you in this industry. You have been such an inspiration to so many of us for so many years. What does this mean for you, Jamie? So I'll be becoming the chief operating officer of the new combined entity 
that's going to be a grand new challenge for me. And I'm really excited about it. I think as an entrepreneur, you go through different stages of development and as a very product oriented and kind of story oriented and human oriented guy, the opportunity to work on how these businesses are going to integrate and how we're going to deliver all of these services to the point of care is something that's really, really exciting for me. And, you know, as someone who you know, hasn't been a C-level person, Mike, in a public company before, this will be a new experience for me, but given my prior investment banking and private equity experience and my experience in running large healthcare businesses at scale, I think it's a challenge that I'm up to. And I know you're going to meet it and exceed it, and you're going to do an incredible, incredible work over there, Jamie. And of course, for our global community, we actually have a big, fervent audience over in India. In a moment, we will be asking Jamie where we can find all of this online so everybody around the world can plug into this big news and be able to work with Jamie and his team and the UpHealth community as well. But Jamie, before we go there, let's also look a little future state. What are you seeing as an industry thought leader and somebody helping drive this industry forward? You know, usually I would ask a guest like you, what's the next three to five years look like? But as you know, it's changing by the week, especially as we're in the midst of this pandemic. What do you see for the industry over the next six, nine, 12, 18 to 24 months? And what should we be considering and being thoughtful around as we continue to march forward? Yeah, that's a great question, Mike. I think what we're seeing for the future of healthcare is one, a lot of that future is here today. If you take a look at what happened during COVID, it's not like any new technologies came out that you know radically changed how we practice medicine or anything like that. It was the adoption of technologies that had largely been around for quite some time, video, audio, email, chat, chatbots, even AI has started, and you're intimately familiar with this now with uh, your new role, but AI has started to take a little bit more of a front row seat in terms of process automation and healthcare and what it can bring. So I think what we saw was, again, the acceleration of an adoption curve, people building muscle memory on the fact that, wow, do we really need office space anymore when we can practice using you know, these video collaboration tools that are out there, where am I going to be seen that I'm going to be most comfortable? Do I need to travel to a waiting room, pay for parking, you know, sit in a waiting room while I wait for the doctor to see me? Or can I use this powerful supercomputer on my hip to be seen where I am right now at the time I need to be seen and bring the point of care to me and be met on my terms as a patient? So I think that there's a lot of advancements I'm a big fan of keeping things still practical. I think there's a lot of sizzle out there with a lot of technologies. And for me, it's like, look, the hospital room of the future isn't necessarily a self-navigating robot throughout the hospital. It's going to be a TV on the wall with a webcam beaming needed resources to the point of care. So I still think practical will win the day. I think keeping things simple will win the day. But I think we're going to continue to see a new normal that includes digital health as a digital front door for local healthcare. And as local healthcare gets better and better at this and integrates digital health tools into what is a broader continuum of care that ends up with that ultimate patient visit, we should see better care coordination, better wayfinding throughout the healthcare system. And, you know, for us, us delivering on our mission of what is a more human healthcare system where people, again, don't feel like a statistic, don't feel like a widget being moved through a factory, but feel like a unique story. And we're able to bring a care team around that unique story to fit their exact needs. Well, thank you for painting that future. Couldn't agree more with you, Jamie. There's so much going on and I agree. Let's get back to basics as well. Keep it simple, stupid, right? There's, you know, a lot of the simplicity can go a long way as well. So thank you for sharing all that, Jamie. 
And I do want to flip the script a little bit here, even though you are the chief operating officer for a billion plus dollar valued organization, I still know all of us out there need a helping hand and continue to build community to work alongside each other to move this industry forward. So with that, and our global community of passionate leaders that are pushing this industry forward, what's one problem need or question that you have that our community can be helping you with? I think for us, it's about, you know, how we as a company can maybe build new use cases out of the platform that people would find of interest. So people coming to us and saying, you know, hey, CloudBreak, this is an area that would be specifically interesting in a use case that no one's really thinking about yet that we think is going to be really big. So getting some insight on that front, being introduced into situations where people see a challenge with diversity or language services and realize that there's, you know, a place that might need of assistance that we don't know about. So increasing our impact at scale. But one of the things that I've seen that is a problem, you know, and it's not CloudBreak specific that I would like to see someone solve, Mike, is this problem of data portability. You know, these interoperability data integrations that we're seeing in market just aren't happening to me fast enough at scale where the patient can really own their data. And, you know, that for me is a critical part that can really move the healthcare system forward. When I hear about patients, and I was a, a HIMSS digital influencer this year, and Stacy Hurt was one of those HIMSS digital influencers. I don't know if you've met her or spoken to her yet, but her story of how she had to get her films as a, you know, cancer patient in remission from one doctor to another and burning CD-ROMs and then having to fax documents back and forth. You're like, is this still happening in this day and age where we have email and Dropbox and, you know, all of these different technologies that are out there to help us make this process easier? I would love someone to solve the problem where the patient can own their data and the hospital can log in, log in the patient record but it's that patient's data to manage and do what they see fit with. That to me would be a huge leap forward. Somebody solve that. You speak of CD-ROMs and faxes. It's just, (laughs) isn't it amazing that we still have that as part of our nomenclature? It's just mind-blowing. It's still part, not only the nomenclature, but just the physical infrastructure that are in all of these offices today. It really is mind-boggling. It really is. And I couldn't agree more. We do have a lot of leaders tuning into this podcast that are working on that feverishly. I couldn't agree more with you. And I hope that we can continue to push together as an industry to solve exactly that. So, Thank you for sharing those thoughts as well, Jamie. And speaking of where we can find you online to learn more about the merge, learn more about CloudBreak. And then, of course, you are that HIMSS influencer on the digital side, maybe some uh, personal social media handles as well. Where can we find you? Yeah, so you can find CloudBreak at at CloudBreakHLTH on Twitter and obviously on LinkedIn. Uh, Website is www.cloudbreak.us. UpHealth, you can find at UpHealth Inc. on Twitter and on LinkedIn and upholthinc.com. We're really excited about, you know, where the transaction is going and melding these stories. But for us, you know, if you want to get in touch with me, you can get in touch with me at, at Jamie Edwards on Twitter or on LinkedIn. I engage on both platforms and try and get back to everybody and answer everybody's questions. Excellent. And Jamie is also a board member for the Pink Socks movement, as everybody knows, on episode five with the founders, Nick and Andrew incredible episode learning about pink socks more there is at pinksocks.life jamie is an ardent supporter and is always gifting socks around the world it's just been amazing to watch the growth of that incredible organization as well we'll of course leave all of those contact points in the episode notes just simply scroll down in your podcast player to click on through additionally we'll have them listed over at passionatepioneers.com our free global online community where you can also interact with jamie there is a section to 
leave comments, feedbacks, and ideas for him in his episode post over at passionatepioneers.com. All right, Jamie, I feel we could be here for hours on end. I always love spending time with you, but we're going to start shutting this down so we can get you back out there and continue to fight the good fight. But we have one more section, one of my favorites. It's a fill in the blank. I'm a passionate pioneer because? I'm a passionate pioneer because I believe in the power of entrepreneurship. This concept of taking an idea, making it real, making it matter, and positively impact as many people as possible. It's really a driving force for me. I love it. I love it. And I couldn't agree more. I'm very passionate around it myself. So, Jamie, thank you so much for taking a pit stop today on our podcast and sharing your message, sharing your truth and the mission that you're on. And you are definitely living it daily and humanizing healthcare. We're going to continue to root you on, especially with the big recent news. We appreciate everything that you do. Keep it up. Keep us posted. And we look forward to continuing to follow your story. But for now, Jamie, thank you for being with us today. Thank you for having me, Mike, and thank you for doing what you're doing. I have listened to a number of the podcasts, and it's great to have some daily inspiration. Even, uh, you know, entrepreneurs need it. And thank you for what you're doing for healthcare. Thank you for joining us today on Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. We'd love to hear your feedback about the podcast so we can continue to improve this community and to further support the pioneers being featured. Lastly, please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast and invite your friends and colleagues to join us. This is Passionate Pioneers with Mike Baselli. I look forward to having you back with us during our next episode.